Okay, good morning. Let's at least start with the uh, with one of the topics. We have three topics today to discuss on Tefillin. We are on Yud Dalad Amud Beis. Before we get, we turn the daf. So we spoke about yesterday. One of the we start to talk about Tefillin, and uh, one of the topics we're going to discuss today is Tefillin and Chalamoid. What is the obligation of Tefillin and Chalamoid? Yesterday we discussed about whether Tefillin should be one mitzvah or two mitzvahs. So today we're going to discuss about the different sources about wearing tefillin chalamori. Do we wear it? Do we not wear it? Should we wear it? We make a bracha. So the first gemara on, is on sukkah daf mem vav, and it says, There's machlokas there. If someone is faced with multiple mitzvahs at the same time, or, or as opposed to having one individual mitzvah. So the question is, if someone has multiple mitzvahs, rather than make a bracha on each individual mitzvah, on let's say uh, lulav, on, on sukkah, so maybe just say, there's a sheet there. Behuda says that just say, Asher Kishon Sitzonu, Alam Mitzvos. You should just say, in general, collective Alam Mitzvos. The other possibility, that's the Chachamim. Behuda says you make it on each individual Mitzvos. So again, the Chachamim say if you have multiple Mitzvos at one time, rather than make a bracha on each individual and individualize each bracha, make it a collective bracha, say Alam Mitzvos, whereas the Behuda says you make it an individual. Uh, each bracha should be an individual Mitzvah. So Rashi says there, what's an example? Mitzvahs harbe. Listen to Rashi. Rashi says, Lito lolov, leishev basukah, laniach tefillin, and lesatev patzitzis. He gives four examples. He says, if someone is faced with lolov, sukkah, tefillin, and tzitzis, maybe that's the case where the Chachamim would say you make one bracha al ha-mitzvah. So you don't make a bracha leishev, al-tilas lolov, lesatev patzitzis, and tefillin, you'd make one bracha al ha-mitzvah. And so Rashi, someone be medayik, <coughs> someone who conclude from Rashi, that since Rashi says lulav, show a lulav, sukkah, tefillin, and sukkah, and the talis, when is the only time someone can be faced with making a bracha on lulav and tefillin at the same time? Cholamoid. Must be cholamoid. So, someone to prove from here that Rashi is of the opinion that you make a bracha on tefillin and cholamoid. Otherwise, what would be the scenario? So this is... Oh, we're going to get to that. Correct. Well, you wouldn't make a bracha unless you're wearing tefillin. Right, correct. Exactly. Correct. So, right. Understood in that is that you'd have to wear, you'd have to wear tefillin and chalamoid. So some would say, not that you make a bracha, my apologies. Some would say that from this, Rashi is of the opinion that you make, uh, not only do you wear tefillin and chalamoid, but you make a bracha chalamoid. The Aruch Lanair comments, by the way, he says that this is not necessarily the case. It could be that Rashi was just giving two sets of two examples. If you're faced with lulav and sukkah at the same time, or talus and tefillin at the same time. So it's not necessarily a proof. It may just be that instead of putting and, you put or, lulav and sukkah, or talus and tefillin, not necessarily and, that you're not faced with all four simultaneously, or else Aruch says it's not necessarily a proof, because Rashi could be holding on the opinion, like you wear tefillin on Shabbos, which we don't hold, but maybe he's just explaining according to the opinion they hold tefillin on Shabbos, so maybe that would be, maybe that's the reason why he says this, but not necessarily that you could be medayik, or you can conclude from here that Rashi would say that you uh, wear tefillin on, on, on Cholamoid. There's another Gemara that says, in Moed Katan, it says, in Kosfin Svarn Tefillin Sizzim B'Moed, one does not write Sifrei Stam, one should not write a Torah, Tefillin Mezuzah on Cholamoid, even it says, Vein Magin Os Achas Tefillin Sefer Ezra. Sefer Torah of Ezra was the, considered the, uh, the most important Sefer Torah, the one that you all refer to, that was in the Beis HaMikdash, that was the, uh, the paradigm, meaning that was the, the Sefer Torah that everyone used, that uh, se- so it says you can't even fix one letter in that Sefer Torah. Okay. Rabbi Huda says, though, One can write Tefillin and Sefer Torah to him for himself. 
And, and what does he say? He says, Rashi says, La'atzmo l'kayim zeha mitzvah. You can fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin. If you, you want to write tefillin on your Akolamoid, you can because you're fulfilling your own mitzvah. So again, Rashi seems to be saying that, that you can put on tefillin. So that's another possible source. This is a very, very, very interesting source. The other, we're going to get to the Allah in a minute. There's a pasuk that we've discussed in the past. That all the nations of the world will see you and fear you. And they're, it's referring to the tefillin shalrosh that has to be visible. As opposed to the tefillin shayad, which we cover, the tefillin shalrosh is, is, uh, is visible. And it says on this pasuk that all the nations of the world will see you and fear from you. Listen to what Rabbeinu B'chayi says. Rabbeinu B'chayi says on that pasuk, Chaf Ches and Dvar and pasuk Yud, it says... He's talking about the shin. If you look at the word, they're going to fear you. Why are they going to fear you? He gives a few different examples. He says the shame, if you look at the shame, he's referring to the shame, right? Hey, yud kei vav kei. It's such a thing as the atbash. The atbash, if you ever heard of that gematria, aleph equals tough, bet equals shin. We discussed this in the past. Right. There's a tosvos and arve psachim that says one of the three sources for the 39 malachas, we're all familiar. The Torah doesn't say what the 39 malachas are. The Torah just says one of them, one cannot light a fire on Shabbos, possibly refers to another, the Isra of Hotzah. And yet someone is put to death. The Mekoshesh Eitzim is put to death. And we don't even know what he did. It doesn't even tell us what the malachas are. So what are the source of the possible malachas? So we have the Gemara that says the juxtaposition of the Binyan Mishkan to the to the uh, to Shabbos, so maybe the thirty nine malachos that they used either in the construction of the Mishkan or according to one opinion for the what they do in the avodah of the Mishkan, the juxtaposition to the Shabbos teaches us the thirty nine malachos. The Zohar says whatever Akadosh Baruch Hu did in Maaseh Brachis, that's what's aser. And then there's an opinion of Tosfos who says if you look at the word avodas parach, parach is backbreaking work, and backbreaking work parach in the at bash aleph tough bet shin equals parach equals um, lamites. 39. So whatever, Tosa says, whatever malachos or paro used or forced upon the Yidin in, Eretz, in Mitzrayim, so that's what's usher. So we see that there's some, con- there's some precedent to use the Atbash Gematria. He says, Aleph, tough, if you do, parech, backbreaking work, pay reish chaf, that equals lamites in according to this Gematria. So says the Rebbeinu B'chayi, Yudke Vavke in the Atbash equals 300, and which is the Gematria of Shin. Which is why we have the shin so prominent on our forehead. It's on the tefillin. Kishem Hashem Nikra, the shame of Hashem should go ahead. The shame of Hashem will be uh, visible and everyone will fear you. And he says that's the, that, that's the shin. But he gives one other uh, comment, and this is what relates to us. He says, and he says, Ve'od kishalosh meos yomim shal. Ve'od kishalosh meos yomim shal hanachat tefillin hem b'shana. He says there are 300 days. Why is the shin so prominent on the tefillin? Says, because there are only 300 days a year that we say that we use tefillin. So all the there, Shabbatot is more than 60? Oh, so one second. Shabbos and Yontif. So that's what we can get to. So the 365 days in a year, Rabbeinu Bechai did not live in Eretz Israel. So the 365 days in a year. And he says the shin represents that we wear the tefillin 300 days. So there's a, um, um, Jeff is not here today, but uh, Jeff is our local uh, fan favorite of the River of Safari. The River of Safari, where Brian Greenblatt lived in, in Memphis for many years. He had a safer published uh, from one of his chavrusas, uh, of Yoel Yuval Nof. My son Ari showed me last night. Ari showed me a couple of these Makaros last night. 
And Rav Yuval Nof was learning with him, and he wrote a sefer based on his chavrusas with the river of Sephraim, and he said as follows. He explained to him that he said that this is a source that the Rabbeinu B'chai said, you do wear tefillin on Chalamoid. Because if there are 300 days, let's, let's see for a second. There are 52 weeks a year, which is 52 Shabbosos. So you're left now with 13 days. So two days Rosh Hashanah, one day Yom Kippur, we're down now to, you don't wear tefillin, you're down now to 10 days. Four days Pesach, he lived in, uh, in Chutzlaretz, he had Yom Toshen Shagalios. So two and two, first Pesach, last day Pesach, you're now down to six. Uh, Sukkot, first two, last two, you're down to two days and two days Shavuos. So those are the 65 days you don't wear tefillin. The implication is that you do wear tefillin on Cholomoid. Yeah, but we're talking about the, the masses. In other words, that's individualized. You're right. But as far as the masses are concerned, so according to the River of Sephirim, this is also a source that Urbano Bechaye seemed to say that you would wear tefillin on, on Cholomoid based on this, uh, based on this uh, mathematical uh, equation, so to speak. Right, so Rabbeinu B'chayi wasn't out. Otherwise, I was trying to figure it out. If you're saying that, so I still won't work out because there's four days of Yom Tov Shem but there are eight days of Cholomoyed, potentially nine days of Cholomoyed, if you can't look on So it doesn't work out that way, so it has to be. But again, Rabbeinu B'chayi was living outside of Eretz Yisrael, so... So that's what that's that, the Torah is talking about. Right, that's what the Torah is talking about. <laughs> for the masses. Exactly. For the masses, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Aleph, Atbash. So Mem, so it'd be Mem, Mem Sadi, Mem Sadi. So 180 and 120 is 300. Atbash, Aleph equals Tav, Bet equals Shin, Gimel equals uh, uh, Resh, Dalit equals Kof, He equals Tzadi, so on and so forth. So if you do that, that's the Atbash. So, um, so if you do that, then it equals, uh, you know, equals 300. So anyway, yes, you'd have to assume that the Torah had in mind, you know, but anyway, nonetheless. Nonetheless, okay. So now, so the question is, what about, uh, there's one other Gemara, which is what's going to apply to us now. We're going to decide whether to wear Tefillin and and that is, is a very well-known Gemara in Menachos Daf Lamed Vav. The Gemara says there, Yachol Yaniach Adam Tefillin B'Shabasos Yom Tovim. Maybe one should wear Tefillin on Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos. Gemara says, os. This Tefillin should be an Os Ulatotafos Beninecha, and between your eyes, Mishetzrichin Os Yatsu Shabasos Yom Tovim Mishen Gufan Os. There are three different mitzvos that are considered Osos that are considered signs in Torah. One is Shabbos is an os, osi beni venecha. It's an os that we have a special bond between us and Kaddish Baruch Hu. Then we have a mila is an os, and we have tefillin as an os. It just told us, os. it should be an os. We know that in Yadus, in Judaism, we, have, we need two osos or two adim to serve as testimony. Okay? We only need two osos at one time. So on Shabbos, we have an os, and we, always are, we have our mila as an os, a sign. So that's why on Shabbos you don't need to wear tefillin because you don't need a third os. You don't need a third aid. We need two aidim, two witnesses to bear testimony to the fact that we have a special bond and a special relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You only need two. So if there are three mitzvahs that generally considered an os a sign as testimony, you have mila, Shabbos, and tefillin. So you never need more than two of them. So every day we have mila inherently, once we're eight days old, and then we add tefillin. But on Shabbos and Yontif, which is in of itself an os, you don't need... So that's what he says here. He says, the Gemara says, in the name of Rabbi Kiva, 
itself is an os, and therefore you're you're excused from from wearing wearing uh, tefillin on Shabbos and Yantif. Comes along the Sefer Achinoch and says, in fact, that in Mitzvah Tov Chof Aleph, he says that Shabbos and Yantif and includes Cholamoid. He says Shabbos and Yantif and Cholamoid. One does not need Enos Montfilin. And he brings this Pasuk, Vayula Os, because you don't need an Os on, on Yantif. Now the question is, how do we know the Cholamoid is an Os? So the real question is, what makes Shabbos and Yantif an Os? There's two possibilities. Is it that you're not allowed to do Malacha? Is it the Isser Malacha? And we'll have to see if that extends to Cholamoid. Or is what gives Cholamoid its unique character the fact that the mitzvahs of the Yantif extend? For example, on Cholamoy Pesach, can one eat Chametz? No. On Cholamoy Sukkot, should one eat in the Sukkah if they're eating something? Yes. So the question is, what gives the character of the Os uh, to the Yontif? Is it the, the Isra Malacha that you're not allowed to go ahead and do Malacha? In which case, that doesn't really extend to Cholamoy. Or is it the character of the day that has the mitzvos, it adopts the mitzvos of the yantif? Just like you can't eat chametz on the first night of Pesach, you can't on cholamoid Pesach. Just like you have to shake lulav, you have to shake lulav and cholamoid. So when we say chol hamoid, is it more chol or is it more moid? Is it that you can't, is it the os coming from the malacha? In which case, there's very slight isra malacha, but generally we're allowed to do malacha on cholamoid with, with ex- some exceptions. Or is it the mitzvahs of the day that give it the os? If the mitzvahs of the day, chalamot should be no different. I have to go ahead and, and observe chametz. I have to go ahead and eat, uh, eat in a sukkah and lulav, so on and so forth. So we say chalamot, is it more chol that I can do malacha, or is it more moed that adopts the mitzvah? That's the tension, that's the difficulty that we're dealing with when we decide when, if we should go ahead and put filling on. Make sense? Okay, and that's the struggle even in the name, chol hamoid. Is it chol or is it moed? Yeah. So this, if we understand what chol moed is referring to, what the os is referring to, what gives the, the each yantif in, in Shabbos, but not necessarily Shabbos, what gives each yantif the characteriz- characterization of an os will shed light on, on uh, this. So, so the question is as follows. So the, the Tosfos actually seems to say that it's dependent on, it's dependent on the mitzvahs of the day. Tosfos actually says straight up, that since you're not allowed to go ahead and have chametz and you can't go, you must go ahead and eat lulav and you eat a sukkah, that he seems to see that it's more of a, a function of the, of the character of the day. But there are those people, the Rashba and the Rosh, who seems to say that it's related to the Isser Malacha. But now, here's the question. If you say that Cholamoid adopts the Os because of the prohibition of Malacha, or that's what gives Yontif, it's the Malacha aspect, then you have to see whether the Isser of Malacha, the prohibition to do labor on, on Cholamoid, is Minar Torah, Minar Rabbanon. And that plays, into the, um, that plays into the decision whether it's going to, uh, one is going to be allowed to wear, to wear on Cholamoid. Happens to be that the Rashba... Is there an Isser of Malacha on Cholamoid? So to a certain extent, some people don't do Malacha, but not the same way that we know, some people don't write. Not the same way, you know Isser to cook. So there are, right, you're allowed to bake and cook on, on Cholamoid. So there are some people don't do actual malacha, don't go to work, don't write. So there are there's certainly some prohibitions, but not the same as as, as yantif. Certainly much more relaxed. There are some people who you know go to work regularly. There are many people who don't, and those people who are not at work try not to write. So it's not the same isra malacha. You don't you're not chayv kares or anything if you're doing something amazing. But there there is there is certainly an element or an aspect of of 
not do malacha unnecessarily on Cholamoid. So the, the question now, so it happens to be that the, there's a, we're going to see now, uh, there's a very, very long-standing tradition where Moshe Feinstein says, and it's brought in the Beis Yosef, but just to understand what the Rishonim held, the Rashba, so there's a lineage of the, of the Sephardic Rabbanim. The great, the Ramban was the teacher of the Rashba, who was the teacher of the Ritva. So the Ramban, Rashba, and Ritva almost always hold alike, because it was Rebbe to Talmud, Rebbe to Talmud. That's the Sephardic lineage. The Rosh was one of the poskim for the Ashkenazim, so the Rabbeinu Asher. In fact, the Rosh uh, basically was one of the uh, major poskim for the uh, Ashkenazim, and then the, the Rif, the Ran, the Rashba, Ritva, those were all for the, uh, for the Sephardim. So the Rashba actually holds that the prohibition to do malacha on Chalamoid is, act, is what, sorry, the prohibition to, uh, to do malacha is what gives the Os character to Yatif, and he says that is, um, in fact, his custom was not to wear tefillin on, uh, on, on Cholomoid, and the Rosh said one should go ahead and wear tefillin on Cholomoid. So it ca- comes down as follows. Even if one, let's just say, was to wear tefillin on Shah, let's say one, assuming that one is not supposed to wear, what would be the problem if one would wear tefillin? What's the problem with it? So two possibilities. One is that's baltosif, that you're not supposed to go ahead and add a mitzvah. If you're not supposed to do a mitzvah, you know, it says lo sigra, you don't, Zotosif. right? You can't add and you can't subtract, meaning you have to do what's prescribed. The other possibility is it might just be a, considered a bizoy, an embarrassment to the yontif. Because if cholamoid really is the status of a yontif, and meaning it has the moed aspect, and you're basically adding on a third os, you're basically saying that it doesn't have the character of an os, and you resolve it. We've seen this before. We've seen this before that one should not go ahead into the sukkah on Shmini Atzeres and then say Leishev Sukkah because you're embarrassing the, the Yontif of Shmini Atzeres, was a Yontif unto itself, by saying Leishev Sukkah. So there, there, there is a concept of embarrassing the Yontif. So there are a couple possibilities. There are those who don't wear tefillin, those who wear tefillin without a bracha, there are those who wear tefillin with a bracha. So what does the Mishnah Brewer actually say? So the Mishnah Brewer says as follows. He says that there are those who say, uh, there are those who say that Chorim is saying the name of the Taz. One should put tefillin on without a bracha, and keeping in mind that brachos are never ma'akev. We said that there, when we do a mitzvah, minat Torah, the bracha doesn't hold you back from doing the mitzvah, from, from completing the mitzvah. So, for example, Rav Salvejik used to say there was pet peeve was that there are three examples where once we stopped making a bracha, people all of a sudden started to get lax in the performance of the mitzvah itself. For example, one of them he brings is here, that we'll see there are many, many opinions that hold we should be wearing tefillin on Cholamoy, just that you may not have to make a bracha. So the Rav said, once people stop making a bracha, they thought the mitzvah doesn't apply and they stopped wearing it. The other poss- they stopped wearing tefillin altogether. The other example he gives um, is where people forget to count the sefira one night, and if you c- you're allowed to continue to count the next day if you miss sefira, but you don't make a bracha. And then once a person misses and doesn't make a bracha anymore, it becomes lax, it doesn't necessarily count. So the Rav thought also this was another example where people are putting too much emphasis on the bracha and on the mitzvah. The mitzvah is still to go ahead and count the sphere. If, even if you miss day 19, just resume with 20. But since we don't make a bracha anymore, many people become lax and say, I'm not going to even count anymore. Become less, it's less uh, prominent in their, in their memory. And the third one is... The Gemara says that, are we supposed to sit in a sukkah on Shemini Yatzeris? So the Gemara says, Yisuve Yasvina Nevruchalom Evrachinan. You should sit in a sukkah on Shemini Yatzeris, but you don't have to make a bracha. 
And over the years, since you don't make a bracha, the Rav felt that many people just became lax in sitting on the sukkah altogether in Shemini Yitzharis. But this is one of the examples that, that really, there, there are many opinions that you should be wearing tefillin on Cholamoid. And he goes on to say, it's very interesting, he goes on to say that the minak of the Sephardic rabbis, the Ritva, Ramban, specifically the Rashba, says not to wear. But he says, this is brought in the Beis Yosef, Igros Moshe, and, and in, in, the, in the Mishnah Brua, that all the Sephardim, the Rishonim, used to go ahead and wear tefillin until they came across Rabbi Shem Baruchai in the Zohar. In the Zohar, in Shir Hashirim, he says it's very improper and inappropriate to wear tefillin on Chalamoid, and that changed the whole minog of the Sephardim. So the Sephardim used to go ahead wear tefillin on Chalamoid. Once they saw the Zohar, they stopped. But the Ashkenazim still should, still should. So it's interesting, and he says, Gam kodem anachi yachshu b'dayti im ani mechuyiv ani manich l'shem mitzvah v'im lav eni manich l'shem mitzvah v'zeh yatsi dekol ama even according to those who say that Cholamot is not Zman Tefillin, you do not violate Baal Tosef because you're not, your intention is not to fulfill them if, for doing a mitzvah. What you should say is that I'm putting on Tefillin today. If it's not a mitzvah, I have no intention of fulfilling the mitzvah. So you're not over Baal Tosef. So it seems to say that the Mishnah Brewer would suggest that one should go ahead and put on Tefillin. Igoros Moshe, Moshe Feinstein says, what if you're in a shul? What if you're in a shul that everyone is putting on Tefillin? Should you, assuming you brought your tefillin, usually if you come to the shul, you're not, if you're not putting on tefillin, you're not going to have your tefillin with you. But let's assume you go to a shul, a chalamari, and the majority, or even there's some people that are putting on tefillin. Even if your minang is not to wear tefillin, says Ramosha, I think you should put tefillin on. There's a separate problem of los go to do. You don't go ahead and make separate groups within the shul. But you should go ahead and put it on, says Ramosha. And he actually, the Beis Yosef actually writes that the Rosh, who was the Ashkenazic posek, the rush, so the halacha, the rush was the posik for the Ashkenazim, says one should go ahead and put tefillin on, and if you make a bracha, it's not a problem. The rush, as we just said, wrote that you do not put tefillin on the Cholomoid. And he says now, says the, says the Beis Yosef, all the Ashkenazim, so sorry, all the Sephardim, not to put on the Cholomoid. And I heard that before this, they used to put it on, like the rush, until they came across the Zohar of Shimba Yochai, who said you should not go ahead and, and wear it. So um, the prevalent custom seems to be for Ashkenazim to go ahead and wear tefillin, whether you make a bracha or not. Some say that Rush says if you make a bracha, you're not, you didn't, it's not a bracha lavatala. So, but, but it happens to be that the majority of people do not put tefillin on the Cholamoid for whatever reason. Uh, and the Arach HaShokhan says, Eilu ve'elu, it doesn't really matter. Eilu ve'elu, divir l'kumchaim. And this, he says, both, both shitas are for Lahagda Torah Ladira. So uh, just keep in mind that uh, it's an interesting uh, conversation based on the, uh, the Rabbeinu B'chayi that we brought, the 300. We saw different Rashi seems to suggest in two separate areas that one should wear tefillin. And one very last, in, on Chalamoid, one last interesting question and I came across, and that is, and again, by the way, my, my son uh, Ari showed me the, uh, the Rabbeinu B'chayi, so it was, it was very, and the Rivals of Ephraim. So I thank him for that. There's an um, interesting question. We discussed in the past, if someone's brothers, two brothers died of blood loss after the Mila, let's say they had hemophilia. So you, the third, bro, third son is Potter, because Mesu Echav Machmas Mila, if you have two brothers, Rahman al-Salam, that died after Mila because they couldn't form a blood clot, and turned out, we found out that they're hemophiliacs, which is a problem in clotting of the blood, then the third child, of course, the first one we say may just been a, you know, 
Don't forget, this was back then before they checked genetics. So, again, that was one. So after the second already, don't forget, they didn't have the testing we have now. I assume today that if your first one has hemophilia, you don't get it. You don't wait to be proven. If you yourself have hemophilia, then you don't get it. The question is, now you only have one os. Do you put tefillin on in Shabbos? Because you need a second os. Uh-huh. So if the person who himself does not have mila done to himself, and we know that you always need to have two signs that you have a special bond with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and now on Shabbos, so that's the question. Do you put tefillin on, on Shabbos? Yeah. So the Berke Yosef asked, he, he said that he does not think one should not wear tefillin. I, I didn't see the explanation, but I saw that it was brought down that the Berke Yosef says no, because you go by the masses, and you would not. But it's a very, you would not put tefillin on Shabbos. But nonetheless, I thought it was a very interesting question. Wouldn't it, be an, it would probably also be an issue that they would uh, say, oh, this person does have a meal. Like, so maybe do it in private. Maybe do it in private. Maybe do it in private. Just like you do in Yushalayim and Chalamorid. If you do put tefillin on Yushalayim, it's better to do it in because the minag of Yushalayim is not to put tefillin on. And Chalamorid, I did not know that when I was in Israel for the year. Um, yeah, I got a lot of looks. I remember I was davening in Rechavia. 100%. You did not, uh, at the minute of Yishalayim is, even if you put tefillin on, Chalamor, do it with sinah, because, meaning, not the minute is not to put on tefillin. So if your minute is to put tefillin on, Chalamor, do it with sinah, not in a shul. Oh, don't do it. So what happens if you walk into a shul that people, everybody is showing <laughs> tefillin, you wait for them. You put it on. Amen. Like what a little binkle and put it on. You're doing, here, there are, pl- there are always people here putting it on. But, but in Yishalayim, as the minute what he's saying is, if you're arriving to a place where nobody's putting it fill in, doesn't say you can't. Doesn't, doesn't. Don't put. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> be, be he gave the opposite. Ramosha right. Ramosha gave the opposite. Because there you're not refraining from a mitzvah. In other words, what? If you're missing the mitzvah, I guess they're more machmer to say put on the tefillin than miss a day. Either it's a kiyam asay or a bitel asay. So it might be better to invite, to err on the side of being mekayim and asay. No one says it, it's it's usher per se. In other words, it's not that you're violating something. The he gave us to be with the crowd. That was the reason. Well, he That's thought no, but he actually thought the reason is we really should be wearing tefillin. So even if your minag is not to, then then you have reason to put it on because it's like an extra push. But really, Moshe says you should be putting on tefillin for the for the Ashkenazim. You should be putting on tefillin. So even if you don't, but then everyone else is, then, then join them. But to say you should be mevatel on say, maybe he won't say that. Is it an extra mitzvah to put it on Yom Is it an extra mitzvah? Yeah. What do you mean an extra like, mitzvah? Like why, why would someone put it on? If well, because if you're obligated every day, we should, it, 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 you have to start with the opposite premise. We have an obligation to put it on every day. There are certain mitzvahs, by the way, there are five, that the Torah doesn't tell us how often to do them. So the stipler, who Chaim Kanievsky his father, stipler gone, said, according to the Rambam, there are five mitzvahs. The Torah doesn't tell us how often to do them. You should do them once a day, every day. Tefillin, uh, duchening, berchas Torah, I think nisuch. I forgot the fifth one. But uh, was it? Yeah, I forgot what the fifth one is. But um, but tefillin is one of them. It doesn't tell us. So you start with the premise that you have to do it once a day, every day. You have to give me a reason why not to do it. So if, if you don't have a reason, compelling reason not to do it, you have to do it. The default is not, why do I have to do it? The question is, you have to do it. Why? Tell me why, give me a reason why I don't have to do it. So it depends on which premise you are starting from. By the way, Rashi's in Gematria is 913. Interesting. There you go. Interesting. Okay, thank you. Even without Eddie here with his calculator, it's very good. Okay. <laughs>
So now I was waiting for Ed to come to talk later. Okay, one other topic we're going to discuss today before we get to the Gemara, and that is concentrating on tefillin. What is the obligation to go ahead and concentrate on tefillin? Do we have to always be cognizant that we're wearing tefillin? Some people have the, have the custom to go ahead and constantly touch our tefillin. So it's interesting. In the uh, in Shmos, Perkhofches, it says, Vasisa, when talking about the big day kahuna, we know that there are general four special begotten clothes that the regular Kohen, Kohen Hedyot wears. And on top of that, the Kohen Gadol wears an additional four, so eight begotten altogether. One of them was the tzitz. The tzitz was something that sat on his forehead. And it says, Vasisa tzitz zavtar. You should have a, a golden tzitz on your, on your head. And then it says, on the words, it should say, Kodesh Lashem. Engraved on the tzitz that the Kohen God, the word says, Kodesh Lashem. And it says, V'haya al-mitzcha tamid. It should always be on his forehead. L'rotzon, for appeasement for Hashem. Lifnei Hashem. So the Gemara says something amazing. The Gemara says, in Yuma, Daf, Zayin, and Ches, it says, the Kohen Gadol can never divert his attention from the tzitz while wearing it. So the Gemara says the Kavach Homer, if the tzitz only had one Shem Hashem on it, and the Kohen Gadol can never divert his attention from it, we who wear tefillin, which has many Shem, in the Parshios of, of Shema, the four Parshios have multiple names of Hashem in it, how much more so do we always have to have a t- give our attention to the tefillin? So that's the Kavach Homer that the Gemara employs, that if the Kohen Galt is wearing the tzitz, has one Shem Hashem emblazoned on it, and you always, you can never take your mind off the tzitz that you're wearing it. So too, how much more so should us, who, should the B'nai Adam, who are wearing the, um, wearing the tefillin, always have in mind? Now Tosos raises an objection to this. He says, it's not a good Kavach Homer. Why? Because the Shem Hashem of the tzitz is, is glaringly evident for everybody. It's emblazoned on the outside. So for that, if you take your mind off, it's a lot different than the Shem Hashem, which is inside the bayit of the tefillin. It's not the same thing. Tosa says, I don't really like that comparison. It's not a great comparison for that reason. And he says, it seems to be that the Kavach Homer of the Gemara seems to be only rabbinically, rabbinically mandated, meaning Midrabanan, says Tosos. The Kavach Homer is one that since the Kohen Gadol can never really take his mind off the tzitz, then we cannot take our mind off the tefillin. But he says it's not a great comparison because where I understand if, it's, if I look at Lazer and it says on his name, on, on his forehead, when the tzitz, Shem Hashem, has the Yudke Vovke on it, that you always have, to, that's a, a, an outward display of Hashem's prominence. So I understand there you can never take your mind off it, but the tefillin is everything's hidden. But so the other, the other person looking at you, so you have to almost look in the mirror all the time. I mean, it's a funny way to put it. Oh. Because actually, you know, when you write tefillin, you, you don't see that, yourself. Interesting I mean, thought. So interesting thought. It's only the other guy that sees it sits on your head that has a shem. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah, but you're but you're wearing it. it infuses. But when you wonderful, but it infuses kedusha. We're gonna we're gonna see. When you wear it, you are aware of it that you're wearing. Beautiful. Except beautiful. When they use the key or that. Beautiful, beautiful. The question is, though, can you obligate someone else to go ahead and, you know, if you're within a certain distance, but if you're not in a certain distance, you don't know, well, you don't have to stand up in front of a Torah, theoretically, if it's in the opposite side of the room, theoretically. I think it's within four hours. So, uh, sorry, not, not a Torah, a, uh, a Zakin, I mean. Right, you know, Tom Chacham, you're not supposed to be within, really within four hours of him. If you see uh, uh, your gymnasium and the other end of him gymnasium, and Tom Chacham walks in, you, you can, but you don't have to. The question is how far of a distance that will be for the other person. But in any event, we're going to see in a second whether it infuses Kedusha to the person himself who's wearing it. The Kohen would see it in the Kiyor, right? The Kohen would see it in the Kiyor anyway. Anyway, correct. There were certain areas where he would have a reflection. And the Rambam actually says, listen to what the Rambam says. He says, Chayiv Adam Lemashmesh B'Tfilin Kozman. A person has to constantly touch his tefillin. What's the reason why we touch our tefillin? 
to remind ourselves, to make ourselves aware that we're wearing it. So that we do not have a mental lapse in concentration, even for a second. And the Rambam seems to say that, and he says that she gedolim He says that the kedusha of the of the tefillin is even more than the tzitz. And he goes on to say because the shem Hashem is mentioned many many more times. And so the Rambam. Sorry to keep interrupting. No, please. In his time, did they wear tefillin all day? I mean, in Gemara time. So it says Anche Yishalayim. So I don't know if in the probably in where the Rambam lived in probably not in Spain probably not. So um, and that's a separate issue that we can discuss at a later time. I was I, I started this topic. We'll get to it later in the Masechta. Whether why women uh, can't why women don't wear tefillin on the one hand, it's Mr. Uh, Magrama. Also, on the other hand, is because they can't keep a gufnaki. You have to have a gufnaki. You have to have a clean body. And women, for obvious reasons, have a more difficult time. Uh, they don't necessarily know you know when certain things are going to occur. If you were a tzitzit, I mean a tzitzit on the on your head, tzitzit, yeah. It reminds me. It reminds you to conduct your life your in a certain way. So while you're wearing it, though, way, yeah. And also, other people will. Did Did the Kohen Gadol not have the uh, mitzvah tefillin at the time he was wearing the big day kuna? Well, if he's wearing tzitz, I don't think he's wearing tefillin at the same time. Wearing the tzitz, then he wouldn't yeah. have to. At the, at the time, right, I we'll imagine so. Right. So the question is. So the Rambam seems to say that it's Minatora, that this that you cannot be Messiah Yudas Minatora. The Rambam seems to say that this Kavachomer works Minatora. Even on a Torah level, one cannot be Messiah, you cannot have a mental lapse in your concentration and not fully concentrate on the Tefillin, whereas Tosva seems to say that it's only Mitterbanan. So the question is, what exactly are they arguing on? So Moshe Sternbach says, this is Tehran's point, what exactly is it that the object, or is it that infuses, the object has Kedusha, or that infuses you within, with Kedusha? So if you understand that, right, um, so if wearing an item containing the name of Hashem generates the obligation to avoid what we call Hesach Hadas, Hesach Hadas means that you're not concentrating on the tefillin uh, because of the Kedusha of Hashem's name the, and the item that it's on. So if, if it's just the tzitz, that's one thing. That's what Tosos would say. It's just, the, it's just the item. And since the item here doesn't have it emblazoned on the outside, the tefillin has Hashem's name on the inside, then it's, on, then, then it's only Midrabanan. Whereas what Ron would be saying is, does it actually infuse Kedusha into you? Because what you said, if only the other person sees it, why is it an obligation on you to go ahead and constantly be cognizant of it? It must be that actually wearing the tefillin changes the Kedusha and elevates you as a person, as opposed to just the person seeing it or the item. And that would be the machlokas between the, the Rambam and, and the Tosvos, whether it's the item itself that has Kedusha, or not only does the item, but infuses you and elevates you. And the fact that the tefillin don't have Hashem's name on the outside, that's not so relevant because it elevates you. And the fact that you're wearing this item, that Hashem Hashem, you should conduct yourself to a higher level as far as being cognizant of the tefillin. So la halacha, how do we paskin? So it's interesting, Rabbeinu Yonah says, only what's considered hesach hadas is if you have kalos rosh, if you have frivolity, if you're laughing, if you're making jokes. Not constantly being aware of you wearing tefillin doesn't constitute a hesach hadas, doesn't constitute a lapse in judgment or concentration. The Rambam says you should rub your tefillin as much as you can, because when you touch your tefillin, obviously, it's a constant reminder. But the, so, and he seems to say that even if you were, forget about Kalos Rosh, forget about frivolity, if you just forget you have it, it seems to be hesachadas, which is why he says you constantly should rub your head. Most people say, where did the Rambam get? You should touch the tefillin all the time. There's no source for that. But the Rambam's obviously understanding that if you just have a, you're not thinking about the tefillin, forget about making jokes. If you're not thinking about the tefillin, that can represent a, a hesachadas. In fact... Think about the tefillin or think about HaKadosh Baruch? Like me, that you weren't tefillin, which in ultimately... The, in, the, in the, you know, 
course of davening, okay, when you're having kavana on your davening. So the Mishnah Bura says when you're learning or davening, it doesn't count for that ah. necessarily. And that's actually says zulas b'shasat fila ve'limur ein sarf litein datin b'tfilin. That's the Mishnah Bura. We'll get to that in a second. But what's interesting, the, the Shagas Arya says as follows. I don't really understand how the Rabbeinu Yonah can say it only comes to frivolity or making jokes, which is considered a Hesach Adas, a lapse in concentration. Because he says as follows. The Rambam says, Mitzta'er, someone who is troubled. Why? So he says, if someone is in Mitzta'er, let's say someone Rahman al is sitting in a hospital room next to a loved one who is very, very, very ill, and in the last few hours of their lives, and you're Mitzta'er, you're constantly thinking, every second you're spending with your, your loved one, if you're not going to be able to concentrate on the tefillin, you're Potter. Does this sound like Kalas Rosh? Does this sound like frivolity and lightheadedness and making jokes? No. And yet the Rambam still says that you're potter from tefillin because you're not able to concentrate on it. So the Shagasari says he doesn't believe Rabbeinu Yonah is right based on this question because of the, according to the Rambam, the Rambam clearly says that it has nothing to do with Kalas Rosh. So how do we paskin lalacha? What, what are we supposed to be doing with, with the tefillin? So it's interesting, the Netziv, I'll tell this to you, to Berlin, says it has nothing to do with whether Hesach if you're not concentrating on the tefillin, you're not Yotzei the Mitzvah. Hesach Adas is not a slap in the face of tefillin. It's going to undermine your fulfillment of the mitzvah. When we say to have constantly be aware that you're wearing tefillin, it's to fulfill the mitzvah. It's much more than just having a mental lapse. In any event... But most other mitzvahs are over Lassiasan, that you have the kavana. And here, it's a constant... You have the bracha. You have the bracha beforehand. That's to give you the context, right? But, but some mitzvahs are... Are you sitting in sukkah? You have to have kavana? You're sitting in sukkah the whole time? No, but that's an act. In other words, here, again, if, you, if you're doing something passive... While you're still wearing it, it says the mantia Torah Hashem beficha. The reason why you wear tefillin is that Torah Hashem tia beficha. Actually, wearing the sukkah, sitting in the sukkah, is not a great example because it says man You actually, according to the Torah, if you don't have kavana that you're sitting in the sukkah for that reason, you're not yotze the mitzvah. But in general, so, there's so much frivolity that goes on in the sukkah. Though. <laughs> yeah, but but that, but but that's not that's not the same uh, reason why we right, have right. it. But okay. I, okay. so just la Allah, let's finish the last the last line. The 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 upshot is as follows: The Mishnah Bura says, "V'lochashiv hesachadas la Allahah el kshomer b'schok kalus rosh." It's only considered a hesachadas when you're wearing tefillin if you actually have kalus rosh, if you actually have frivolity and and laughing and making jokes. But when you're actually involved in doing other things, again, this is assuming the people that were working, holding all day wearing the tefillin, and you're doing other things. Um, let's say you're, a, uh, you're an accountant, for example, and you're doing your numbers, and you're working on taxes, you're wearing tefillin. Don't forget, I'm talking about the times where they wore the tefillin much more than just davening. That's not considered hesachadas. It's interesting, Rev. Usher Weiss used to say, well, and I used to say, says that the only chiv we have for tefillin is when you're not doing anything else, just like Kama Torah. We're obligated to learn Torah, but not when you're in the bathroom, not when you're eating, not when you're doing things that men need to do or women need to do or working. Only when you're free time, so to hear, tefillin almost works at, during your free time. We'll get to this more when we speak next week. But if, you're ob- if you have to do something else, if you have to make a parnasa, you can't be expected to think about your tefillin. So that, says the Mishnah Berua, is not a Hesach Adas. And he winds up saying, The ideal situation is always be thinking about your tefillin. Don't think about evil thoughts or impure thoughts, as Ayal said, that's the reason to, to, to shape and frame our day. 
Therefore, mitamze chayiv lemashmish kol shosh liyasech daitamen. Wherever we can, we should try to touch our tefillin to serve as a constant reminder that we're wearing tefillin and that we're fulfilling the mitzvah and the mantias Torah Hashem befichas. You remind us about Torah Hashem. And to Steve's point, zulas except b'shas atfilah v'alimud in sarchlit and daitamat tefillin. When you're davening and when you're learning, your kavanah should be on the davening and the learning, but not necessarily in tefillin. It does not constitute hesachadas unless, as the Mishnah Berurah, one is being uh, frivolous and, uh, and laughing. Have an amazing day. We'll pick up the Gemara next week.